Hey y'all, welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. Please follow and leave some feedback, and as always, uh, if you have a question or a topic you'd like to shoot it my way, uh, on Instagram it's Ben YP, or on Facebook it's just Ben Morrissey, or if you are one of the Lighthouse teens, uh, shoot me a text uh, with any question you may have or a topic that you may want to hear discussed. I put a poll on Instagram the other day and uh, got some feedback from that. And as a result, uh, we're going to hit uh, really three or four of those topics today. Really, they're all encompassed with one general thought. But um, it, the option is always open if you want to shoot me a, a message, uh, whether it just be uh, maybe something you got from the podcast or maybe a question that you may have. I am here and I want to be able to, uh, like I said, help you out in any way that I can. The topic we're going to look at today is a uh, one that really everybody struggles with. It's not just a teenager thing. It's not just an adult thing. It's something that even adults struggle with periodically, and it's not necessarily something that uh, you know you'd expect adults to struggle with. Uh, but in some some ways, it is. And uh, we're going to look at uh, the original thought is uh, the thought of peer pressure. Uh, but we're going to look at a couple different uh, perspectives on that, and I kind of look at what the Bible has to say about a couple different uh, thoughts on that. First of all, just so we understand, the idea of peer pressure is really as a, a teenager or as an adult, somebody uh, that would be close to my age would be a peer. Uh, so if you're a teenager, other teenagers, obviously as an adult, it would be other adults. And uh, the idea of being pressured into doing something or pressured into thinking something based on what the people around me think. And we hear a lot of times you hear uh, negative peer pressure, and then you hear the term positive peer pressure or pressuring someone into to doing something positive. And kind of going to look at uh, both of those today. And uh, once again, it's something that even myself, I've used the term before positive peer pressure, but going to kind of look at uh, some different different thoughts today. If you have your Bible, and obviously I'm going to read to you from the Bible, it's not necessarily, I'm not going to uh, um, make up my own paraphrase on it, I'm just going to read from the Bible, kind of give you an explanation here. But in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, uh, Paul's talking to the Galatians here, and he says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ." You know, as, as a teenager, sometimes we are, uh, we especially in our day of social media and the social pressures that are out there, it's very easy to be very, very concerned with what other people think. And uh, we try so hard to, to please other people. Uh, you may have heard uh, people describe you or other people described as being a people pleaser. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that except for the fact that as a Christian, our goal should not be to please men, but to please God. If I can say it this way, honestly, my, the goal shouldn't be to please parents or to please pastor. The goal should be to please God. If I choose to please God, if I make uh, the pleasing of God number one, others will be pleased with me and pleased with my decisions. But far too often we try to please uh, this person or that person and, and in pleasing them, God's not pleased or other people are not pleased and that should be uh, put on the back burner. Because everything we do, everything we say, should please God. In Colossians, Paul once again is talking, and uh, he says in Colossians chapter 3, he's ta- or he says, first of all, in verse 20, um, well, I, actually, let me go this uh, all the way back here. Um, in verse 18, he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives, be not bitter against them. Verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things. Verse 21, fathers, provoke not your children. Verse 22, servants, obey in all things your masters. 
You think, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, it all wraps up in the thought in verse 23. He says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. There's another passage, I don't have it written down here, but another, another passage in the New Testament, Paul once again, but he, uh, Paul says, uh, whatsoever you do, whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the honor and glory of God. In other words, as we go through life, we should seek to please God more than we seek to please man. And once again, uh, there are going to be different times that different things will be pleasing to man. And, and once again, you think, oh, but, but, but in this case, uh, this would be pleasing to this person, but that may change tomorrow or that may change the next day and so in turn i can't go through life trying to please this person or that person i seek to please god you know why let me ask you this question why do you do what you do why do you uh work hard to get a good grade why do you not work hard to not get a good grade why do you not put effort in why do you put effort effort excuse me effort in why do you try hard why do you work at this or why do you uh, why are you trying to uh, get in shape or why are you trying to uh, do your best or why do you practice an instrument why do you do what you do do you do it so others will pat you on the back do you do it uh, so that uh, others will be pleased with you? In John chapter 12, verse 43, the Bible says, For they love the praise, it's talking about the Pharisees now, but it says, For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, once again, I'm not, uh, those things I mentioned a minute ago, there's nothing wrong with trying hard, nothing wrong with doing your best. You know, I believe we should. But my question goes more to the motive, to the reason why we do what we do. Do you do what you do uh, so people pat you on the back and you get that praise of man and it helps to, to lift your spirits and to puff you up? Or do you do what you do because God deserves your best? You see, because that's never going to change. What happens if there's nobody around to praise you? What, if, what happens if there's nobody around to check up on the work that you did or check up on this or that? Or maybe you, uh, you may, maybe not don't even like the person that you're doing the work for and does that mean you're going to put less of an effort in? Because God's not going to change. He always deserves our best. We make it so easy sometimes uh, to give ourselves an out or to give ourselves an excuse because we look at it as, well, you know what? Well, well this excuse or, or that reason uh, because they don't deserve it or because I don't want to. But ultimately, God always deserves our best. And so back to the general idea of what we talked about a minute ago, the peer pressure. Peer pressure is people around us pressuring us into doing what they want us to do. But when I live my life to not please others, I live my life to please God, what others say and what others do doesn't matter. You know, a couple of the other thoughts that came in on Instagram, uh, somebody asked uh, about caring about what other people think about us. And somebody else mentioned uh, a fear of judgment uh, from others. All three of those things there are us being concerned about what other people think, not what God thinks. You know, God made you exactly how he made you. He made. He knows all of your insecurities. He knows all of your shortcomings. He knows all of your difficulties. He made you the way he made you. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, I've told you before, some people, well, you know what, God made me that way, and you like it or you can lump it. I'm not saying that at all, because there are certain things you can change, but there are certain things you can't change. God made you the way you are. Allow him to maximize that. And that's part of not caring what other people think. You think, uh, but, but everybody's doing this. Well, to not be cliche, but to be cliche, it, if everybody was doing it, does that make it okay? 
It doesn't. That's why I stress run everything we do, everything we say through the filter of Christ. What does he have to say about it? After all, he's the one that created us. He's the one that put us here. It's up to us to say, okay, God, what do you want for me in this? What do you want? Uh, do you want my best? And honestly, that, that should be a moot point ultimately because uh, he always deserves our best. But those times where uh, you know people are trying to maybe pressure you into doing something wrong or saying something wrong or to, to looking at this or watching this or listening to that, understand, okay, is this pleasing to God? That makes the final decision, period. Well, what if people don't like it? We're going to look at that thought here in a second. But understand, I can eliminate the idea of peer pressure. You think, well, that sounds so simplistic, and it is. I can eliminate the idea of peer pressure if I live my life to please God. I'm not here to please other people. If I can say it this way, and I think I've said it before, I'm not here to please pastor. I'm not here to please my wife. I'm here to please God. Now, when I please God the way that I'm supposed to, pastor is pleased and parents are pleased. Why? Because I chose to please God. And the Bible says, when a man's ways please the Lord, maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. In other words, the things that I do, people may not necessarily agree with, but they can't argue with the fact that I chose to please God. Now that second thought a minute ago, I, I referenced that we're going to talk about now, the idea of, well, if I choose to do what's right, what if people don't like that? What if people don't agree with that? Guess what? That's always going to be the case. You're never going to please everybody. So that's why we choose to please God instead. Because if I please him, it takes care of everything else. If I try to please, uh, even if you think of your friend group, some of you that's 20, 30 kids, some of you that's one. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a little, a little far. But ultimately, that's, that's where it lies. If you try to please every one of your friends, you're not going to be able to. I mean, you figure in a, in a group of three people, you and two friends, how often do all three of you agree exactly? Not very often, because everybody's their own individual. And so understanding here, first of all, with the idea of peer pressure, I choose to please God. But then, what happens if people don't like that? Well, I two examples from the Bible that I wrote down. I want to kind of hit their stories uh, just real quick. Um, the first story I want to look at is the story of a man named Phineas. Um, the Bible says that Phineas was a descendant of Aaron. Aaron was the first high priest. Um, but as a descendant of Aaron, uh, the Bible says that uh, he was uh, part of that priestly order. And there came a point, the Bible says, that the children of Israel, uh, just after uh, the story of Balaam and his donkey in the book of Numbers, the Bible says that the children of Israel began to pursue false gods and the worship of those false gods. And uh, the Bible says that this man named Phineas, uh, the Bible says nobody, the children of uh, Israel, the priests, were standing in the temple watching all of this wickedness go on. And Phineas basically looked out and thought, why is nobody doing anything? You're the priest. You're not doing anything. The Bible says that Phineas then grabbed a spear and ran two people through with that spear and killed them. Now, let me give a disclaimer here. I'm not, um, I'm not condoning killing people. I'll just say that right off the bat. But we look at the story of Phineas, and the Bible says that he stepped forward and did that. And you think, well, yeah, but, but anybody could have. You're right, but only one did. And the Bible says later in, that, uh, in chapter 25 of Numbers in verse 13, it said God is talking to Israel here. And it says, and he shall have it and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Now watch, because he, Phineas, was zealous for his God. He was zealous for his God. He stepped up and stood up when nobody else would. It wasn't easy. Like I said, I don't know that anybody necessarily mocked him, 
But it wasn't easy to stand up, but he did. Now, we don't find here any anybody coming against him for that. Uh, we find uh, the people actually benefiting from that. We don't find him lifted up on their shoulders and carried through the gate. We do find, though, God staying a huge plague because of one. He, he withheld the rest of the plague, withheld the, the time the plague would last because of what Phineas did. One person chose to stand up, and everybody benefited from it. Now, not everyone turns out that way, though. It's easy. Well, but, you know, I stood up, and it didn't turn out that way. Well, here's another example. In the book of Judges, now we, we know the story of Gideon uh, with the uh, 300 men and how God or God narrowed down his men to 300 and uh, the, the lamps and the, the trumpets and all that and God gave a great victory. But I think a little lesser known story about Gideon we find in Judges chapter 6. The Bible says that God, uh, one of the first stories with Gideon, God tells, tells Gideon, he says, I want you to go to a grove, a place where they would worship the false gods. And he said, I want you to, to destroy the grove, to destroy the altars of Baal that are there. Now, this was his family grove, his family uh, altar, if you will, where they worshiped Baal. And so the Bible says that uh, he went there and uh, destroyed that. And the Bible says in uh, chapter 28 of uh, Judges chapter 6, it says, When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And the men got upset. The men got angry to the point that they came to Joash, uh, Gideon's father, and said, you know what? Your son did this. Send him out to us. We want to kill him. Now, wait a second. Phineas stood up. God stayed a plague. We don't, once again, we don't find Phineas carried off on people's shoulders, but we don't find any negative feedback. In this case, Gideon did exactly what God wanted, and now these people want to kill him. Joash steps up and says, look, you know what? This is your false God. Why can't he defend himself? You know, if he be a true God, let him defend himself. Let him come after Gideon. Let him destroy Gideon for himself. And the Bible says the, the men uh, basically understood their own foolishness and they left. It didn't turn out the way that Gideon would have thought of. Now, obviously, he didn't have any uh, uh, physical attack on him, but they wanted to. The couple other names come to mind. Jeremiah, this happens to. The Bible says that God sends Jeremiah to, to preach to different prophets. Or, I'm sorry, to preach to, to a couple different kings. And that king gets upset and uh, hang, or, uh, puts him in, in the dungeon, the innermost dungeon, the Bible says, where he would have been hung from the ceiling by his wrists into in all matter of filth he basically would have been, would have been standing in, all because he did what God wanted. You think, wait a second, I did it God's way. I'm not saying because you stand up, everything's going to be sunshine and roses. It's going to take courage. That's why he tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous. It's going to take courage to stand up and do what's right. But the benefits, the peace that comes from knowing you stood rather than caving to the pressure far outweighs the baggage and the regret and the negatives that come from just caving to the pressure. Two main thoughts I want you to get today. First of all, do everything to please God. That peer pressure is going to come. You're a teenager. It's going to come. Whether it be, like I said, the, the, the things you listen to, the things you watch, the things you do, the things you say, the way you dress, the way you act, I don't know, whatever the case may be, peer pressure is going to come. When that comes, understand, okay, I'm here to please God. As a Christian, I'm, here to, I'm not here to please this friend or this person or that person. I'm here to please God. What would please God in this situation? 
And then the, or the, the follow-up to that is, when I choose to please God, some people will be pleased with that. Others may not like that. We saw the example of Phineas and then the example of Gideon. But how people react should not determine whether or not I do what's right. I do what's right because that's what a person of character, what a person of an integrity would do. When I choose to do what's right, God honors that. And I'm here to please him. I'm here to honor him. I'm not here to please and honor the people around me. If I please God, let him sort out the rest and let him take care of you, give you that peace, give you that um, that, that peace that passeth understanding, as the book of Philippians says, despite the fact that people may not agree with it, they can't argue with the fact that I chose to please God. As I said at the beginning, you know, peer pressure, it's a, it is a, a real thing. It's a common thing. But as a teenager, you've got to make the choice, make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to do what God wants and to please him. Well, I hope that's been a help to you. Like I said, you know, feel free, shoot me a message, whether by Instagram, shoot me a message through Facebook, uh, leave some feedback here, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And uh, my, my goal is to help you. My goal is to help you uh, with some thoughts, obviously, from God's word to navigate the world that you're living in. Until next week, and obviously we were right on track this week. Um, sometimes we're not, uh, but we were right on track this week. But uh, until next week, uh, I hope you all have a great week, and uh, we will see you next week.